0: Hello, 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 Tess. I I think we ought to start right out here and uh, clear the decks. Let's uh, separate the sheep from the goats right from the start. Let's go. He's doing to Do that again, Charles. Quick, turn the dial. Uh Oh, oh, oh. Hindu. Hindu stand, yeah, yeah. Where we stop to rest our tired caravan. Oh, oh. In. Hindustan, yeah, where the painted peacock probably spreads his Hindustan Here's a good line where the purple sunbird flashed across the sand Ooh. In, in, Hindustan oh, Where I met her and the world began All together gang, now let's go Hindustan Where we stopped to rest our tired caravan In, Hindustan where the painted pink gently spreads his hand, and he knew Hindu stand. Where the purple sunburn flashed across the sun. It's so exciting, Hindu stand. Where I'm the head of baby. Here we go now, let's go. That, we cleared the decks there. We got rid of the goats. <sighs> yeah, we're left with nothing but the sheep. That's right. You know who you are now, don't you? Yes. Uh, you ever had the... I don't know whether I should do this or not. Really, not right. I don't know. I not stand... Uh, tonight, of course, uh, we have a... Uh, this is potpourri night. Potpourri night. for those who live in certain sections of Jersey and, and insist on it being pronounced that way. This is potpourri night and uh, among other pots that we'd like to pour, I mean, mother other potpourris we'd like to, no, I guess, it is, what is the plural? I guess that is a plural, isn't it? <laughs> yes. you'd, you'd like that singing herb. All right. It's okay. Sorry. It's right. I'm not going to argue with you. There are those who do like Julius La Rosa. <laughs> then there are people with ears. But uh, on the other hand, uh, I suppose uh, you have to fight your way through it as best you can. It's not easy. I mean, it is not easy being part of the happy few, friends. Would you like to be a part, really, somehow, of the miserable mass? Sit out there moiling in their ignorance, actually thinking that they're enjoying things like, uh, you know, movies and stuff, when actually, we know, don't we? It's the happy few, that's right. It's not... Not easy. I, I uh, you know, speaking of the happy few, I'd like to tonight. I'd like to take this occasion to, to thank the, uh, the Claxon. This is a highly read newspaper. Well, the Claxon is the weekly journal of Bogota High School, which has just done a magnificent profile on me. I'd like to thank them, uh, particularly uh, Jack Rosara, who wrote this piece. Now, if he could only learn to spell. But the outside of that, it was, it was real good, and I and uh, I, I think tonight, you know, every all of us have gone to high school. You know, we all have, one way or another. We were all there, and uh, you know, did you have that feeling though, even when you were in school, that there's some people who were reedy there and belonged there, and you were just sort of hanging on the side like a barnacle and going along for the ride? You know, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just, Always ahead of you was this great vast forest of waving hands. Of the people who knew. And there, in the middle of it all, was you. Sitting there, faking your way even then. But, uh, that's all right. As the boy shall be, so shall be the man. Who was it who said that? Uh, that sounds like, uh... By God, that was Gloria Steinem. Yes. Yes, that's right. Uh, That was Gloria. Of course it was. That's got her style, you know. Certain alliterative, uh... Redundancy there. that it was. It's the typical glory. But that's a uh, not too bad. She was probably one of those. She probably edited everything in her high school. But uh, nevertheless, uh, we have uh, uh, we have uh, tonight before us the Claxon, the Claxon of Bogota High School. Do they pronounce it Bogota or Bogota? Is there anybody out there who knows? Bogota, Bogota, yes, indeed. Bogota High School. Now, do you want to hear the kind of things that are in high school papers these days, as opposed to the crud that was in your high school paper? You know, like a track team drops third meet in a row. Spike McBullet, the track coach, today expressed doubt that the team was going to have a successful year. That kind of zingy item. But uh, here's the kind of stuff they have today in high school papers. I just was sitting down there. For example, here, heard around the halls. They have a little column called Heard Around the Halls, just little lines that uh, were heard around the various halls there in and it appears to be all nothing but teachers who've said these things. For example, uh, Mr. Bongort is quoted, you're in a heap of trouble, boy. I heard that several times when I was in school. I, we had a Mr. Rupp who, uh, when I was in school, was the Adolf Eichmann of uh, Hammond High, and uh, he was. He was the hatchet man, and he would look you right in the eye when you've been dragged in. He was the assistant principal, saying, and, and uh, which meant he was right under the Fuhrer, saying when, when uh, he would be, <laughs> he would be called into play whenever you were told to visit Mr. Rupp. You knew that there, it just, that, that there was no point in appealing the case. The, the issue had been decided. He was merely to wield the hatchet, and uh, he always did it with this line: "You know, you must understand that I'm only doing my duty." Next case. That meant... uh, (laughs) That was rough. Well, all right. uh, Mr. Bongard says, you're in a heap of trouble, boy. Mrs. Broadman is quoted as saying, let's get quiet. Well, that was heard around the hall several times when I... See, so things haven't changed as much as you think. Now, here's Mr. Dell. Mr. Dell is quoted as saying, not again. We had a Mr. Harris who used to say that all the time. Uh, Mr. Harris was our shop teacher and there would be a gurgling sound and somebody's knocked over the shellac and uh, that's exactly what Mr. Harris said repeatedly, although he had several words that he would bracket it with and uh, as Mr. Veris was something else again I'll never forget the time that he kicked Andy Farkas right in the cockics and uh, he claimed that he was doing it to keep him from falling into the shellac Farkas and he got away with it That is, Mr. Burris, but not Farkas. Farkas was limping for weeks. Uh, Here's another one. Uh, (laughs) Want to hear what's another thing? Uh, uh, Mr. Puglisi is quoted as saying in the hall. Uh, This uh, question is going to be on the test. Oh, my God, I've heard it. Mr. Puglisi, I wish you could think of a better line than that. I've heard that. And by the way, all of this material that you're hearing on tonight's program will be on our final. So, this is a blue book show tonight. So, I wish you'd be taking notes. Mr. Agnoli of Bogota High School is quoted as saying, Clean up! That was Mr. Burris's line. He was also, you know, down in the shop. Clean up, let's go. Uh, <laughs> here's Mr. retchia Or retchia Mr. Retchie is quoted as saying this. He's, he shows a little pizzazz. I like the way Mr. retchia uses the language. He says, uh, Somebody's going to have to pay for that. <laughs> uh, so, so that's the kind of stuff that uh, now I, I would like to have you uh, now most of you uh, I notice that many of my uh, people who sit out there you know the old gang out there they seem to have a thing against various classes in school and have, they have a speak out column in the Bogota Claxon, in which uh, various kids are asked this question uh, where do you have the most fun in school and why now, uh, John, and you can tell what kind of guy or what kind of a kid, what kind of person this guy's gonna be, <laughs> or this chick is gonna be when they grow up, right? Just by what, what class they say, okay? Uh John Simonetti says, uh he thought about that, see? Where do you have the most fun in school and why? And John says, uh uh Jim, for second uh, period lunch. So we salute John Simonetti. He has the seeds of true Jersey greathood. He's already beginning to show his Jersey talent. Uh, Jessica Fitch. Jessica Fitch. Now, what do you think, Jessica? She says, eighth period history. Oh, my. She's going to give some guy hell someday. I can just see the bleached bones in the sun. Jessica Fitch. All right, Steve Seidler. Uh, Now, Steve is a little different now. Steve Seidel, when questioned, where do you have the most fun in school and why? Steve said, uh, uh fifth period with Mr. Nasta. Because I like to bust them. All right, Steve. <laughs> That's one reason for digging history. In fact, Steve, now that you talk about it that way, history is pretty much about one crowd busting another crowd all the way down through the line. History is nothing but one war after the other. You know, you don't sit there for, uh, you know, for, uh, for example, how many times did you sit for weeks and study the uh, era of good feeling? Did you ever hear of that era? What kind of a history student were you? There was an era called the era of good feeling. Now I'd like you to, any history student out there, hey, that's a good question. All right, all of you, raise your hands. Any of you out there can tell Mr. Shepherd, who was in charge of the class tonight, any of you can tell Mr. Shepherd what period was called the era of good feeling? And is often referred to that in our history textbook. Now raise your hand. The first one who can call in here and give it to us, what period that was in history, what years, uh, will win the brass figlegy and the bronze oak leaf palm for duty way above and beyond the ordinary muck and mire of listenerdom. And also you'll you'll <laughs> you'll also earn our undying enmity. Uh, <laughs> and vague envy for knowing that kind of stuff. However, raise your hands, and uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll sit here and wait here. you're of good feeling. Now, uh, Maddie DeFeo, when asked what was his uh, most fun time in school, got right to the point. Maddie simply says, "Jim." Okay, Maddie, you ain't got no Woody, uh, any of that uh, Woody Allen problem there, do you? Uh, here's uh, here's a kind of a nice one uh, I, I think uh, we have to well, we can already see what kind of a girl this is here's Janice Brignola. she says a six period lunch because I love food can't you just see that little old fatty sitting out there talking about all them whipped cream dinghies and uh, I, I kind of like Yvonne Boots McClockery <laughs> Yvonne Boots McClockery says uh second period, Jim, I love to goof off. Uh, did you get a call there from him? Oh, the era of good feeling, no, I'm afraid that pupil, although making a nice try, was wrong. The era of good feeling was not last summer. And uh, now while we're uh, well mulling that difficult question over, we'll uh, tell you that you're listening in, in spite of everything. You're listening to WOR New York. It's right here in a big town. I'll tell you, it's great. I mean, the sound, of the distant sound of, of gunfire can be heard even right as we sit in the studios here. This is uh, W.O.R. New York, fun city. Hell of a lot of fun, especially if you like to shoot. Uh, what was that? Well, uh, y- that's correct. Uh, uh, that's correct. He, he, uh, he uh, Was it a he or was it a girl? It's generally girls who dig history. Uh, that was... Uh, uh, one of our students called in and said... James Monroe was the president during the era of good feeling. That is true. Uh, however, I would like to know it in years. Now, you're, you're just you're backing and filling, friends. Now, I, I, I know these tricks. You know, as an ex-fake as an ex in school, I knew how to get by with that kind of stuff. You can just pick a president at random, and somehow it sounds better than to say, uh, 19-7 uh, to 19-12. Uh, 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 no, no. Say, uh, during the period of John Quincy Adams. And uh, the teacher will say, well, no, that's not quite right. But if you say, ah, uh, 1907 uh, and 19... Shut up, you're guessing. Sit down. Uh, <laughs> I know those tricks. Now, uh, I would like to... Uh, I, I don't know why we're doing this tonight, but I'm, we might as well, because a lot of people don't—you know, just don't see high school papers. I get dozens of them here tonight from here on and This is a good one. I'll tell you, there's a lot of groovy stuff in this one. For example, I'd like to show you here. Now listen to this one. Carol Craig now. Carol, when asked about uh, what do you have the most fun in school and where and why, Carol says, uh, you can just see her. You know, this kind of a chick to say something like this. She's in the first period gym because uh, nobody can find the deodorant. <laughs> oh, what do they smell? <clears throat> Thank you, Carol. Oh, and rotten little take. What was that? Excuse me. They were getting a sign. Yes, give or take a few years. Now, we don't, we don't give that. Uh, that is correct. That is correct. Hold that up again. The era of good feeling, the only time in all of history, friends, that man lived in comparative peace with his fellow man was one three-year period, 1823 to 1826. The president at that time was Mr. James Monroe if you're curious, there was a Monroe who was president. And uh, uh, you want to hear more about Speak Out. This is the Bogota High School Speaking Out Department. Uh, for example, when Matty Zachariah was asked about it, uh, the question being, uh, where do you have the most fun in school and why, when Matty Zachariah was asked this, he uh, answered this, uh, in third period, gym, and in the lab, and then it was cut off. It said censored. He didn't mean lab. It was spelled with a V. Maddie, I'm sorry, Maddie. You're gonna grow up to be one of them playwrights who write little plays for the Armpit Theater down on 4th Street, and uh, the Village Voice is gonna love you. Now let's see. Uh, here's one. Here's a here's chick. I, can imagine this one. See, uh, speak out. You can just imagine these kids. Already they're saying that the way they will be all of their lives. Speak up. Where do you have the most fun in school and why? Joan Borer says, In eighth period, typing. <laughs> I could say <see> Joan. <laughs> She's already said what her life. <laughs> uh, here's, here's uh, I don't know what's going on with Dean Castores. Any of you know him out there? I don't know what's going on with Dean Castores. Uh, when asked about, uh, what class do you have the most fun in, and why, Dean Castores says, Mr. Douch's class, how can you resist? Great, Scott. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> then they have another, here's another one of their speak-out columns, it says, how do you feel about girls in hot pants? Well, uh, now that's a question that, of course, is occasionally asked, especially in school, uh... Here's what this guy says: uh, uh, Phil Cafasso for example. You want to hear what Phil Cafasso from Bogota, New Jersey, says? When asked about what do you, how do you feel about girls in hot pants? Phil says this, and we quote: "I don't feel. I keep my hands to myself." Phil. Now, Phil, you're showing all, all, all the symptoms of wise guyery, and that's just not going to make it. It's not going to make it easy for you in sales meetings in the future. And you're sitting there, and they ask you questions about, what do you think about Operation Bootstraps? So we're going to have an exam- ha <laughs> Operation Bootstraps. Snap my bootstraps. We're going ahead. All right, here's uh, Bruce Whipple. I kind of like Bruce Whipple. There's always a kid in every school named Bruce Whipple. And uh, Bruce Whipple would ask the question, how do you feel about girls in hot pants? Bruce, running strictly to form, says, Uh, They're uh, good for the boys and practical for the girls. They brighten up the day. Thank you, Bruce. That's what we need clean, incisive, right down to the core thinking, Bruce. And you sure put that hot pants issue into its right perspective for us. And uh, (laughs) I like Bruce Whipple. (laughs) Hey, Bruce. How are you out there, old Bruce? Bruce is now taking off his glasses and he's polishing them. All right, now, uh, let's see. uh, uh, This other. Here's Dan Donovan. Good old Dan. I knew many guys in school like Dan Donovan. When asked any question, he went, "Uh, all right, I guess." Uh, they're all right. That's Dan. Dan is the guy that whenever you see, have you ever seen the Harris polls? Oh, you know Harris poll says, "What do you think of Mister Nixon's uh, Yugoslavian policy?" And you know, it says, signy forty-six percent for, thirty-two percent against." Nineteen percent no comment, three percent unavailable. well, that's Dan when questioned, he not only had no comment he just said, well, I gotta go to a chock full of nuts uh I don't have no time unavailable all right, Dan, you're right there, okay <laughs> uh, let's see now uh, there's there's uh, always one there's always one uh Here's Mr. Kaplowitz, for example. Mr. Kaplowitz, obviously, anybody with Mr. before his name is a teacher, right? Well, now, uh, what do you think a teacher would say, a Mr. Kaplowitz would say, when questioned, how do you feel about girls in hot pants? Well, Mr. Kaplowitz cleared his throat. throat) Uh, I don't particularly care for them in school or business, but I, I guess they would be all right for some kinds of athletics. Thank you, Mr. Kapowitz. I imagine he has a very, very popular series of classes which he runs there in Etruscan art. And uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, that's... that's uh, I'll, I'll, uh, The reason I have this paper, this kid sent it to me. He says, the current edition of the Bogota High Claxon is hot off the press. It's a red-hot paper. He says, you'll see that there's a, a, a story written about you on page three. And by the way, uh, the kid who wrote this uh, is uh, he, he spells his name with two A's, Jack Rosar. It's Estonian. And uh, I must say, it's one of the best pieces I've seen written on uh, my show ever, really. In any paper, it's an excellently written piece. But anyway, he says, My faculty advisor, Mrs. Giantonio, a very hip lady, has proclaimed my article to be a masterpiece, which, once read by you, would result in your reading it on the air. Forget it, kid. Mentioning my name, and what a great writer I am, and inviting all of us to visit you at your apartment. (laughs) Good Lord. She admitted that all of this was a fantasy, which she had created in a daydream. She mentioned that she always dreamed of fantastic things that she would like to see happen in real life. Just for the record, not one of her fantasies has ever become reality I do not deal in delusions. I generally face reality. How's that for a kid? He doesn't deal in delusions. He faces reality. Now, uh, I must say that in all the schools that I have, uh, I, I've, I've got an idea now. Just, just something I'd like to, I'd like to pursue here. Uh, I've got an idea. You know, in every school that I've ever played, uh, wherever I, everywhere from Princeton to Rochester Institute of Technology to, uh, you know, to all these places, there's always, when you get with the kids, there's always four or five teachers that they, the kids, when, when they're not, you know, not being official, they're not with anybody else, they're just with you, who think, that, that they think are great teachers. Did you know that in every school? Now, this guy or woman is almost always quite unpopular with the rest of the faculty, Now, I don't know whether they follow, but it just seems to me that this uh, this has been my experience. Maybe there's a little jealousy might be in there, but uh, nevertheless, there's always three or three teachers who, in the school, are considered very hip. Not hip necessarily with the long hair and the whole bit. I'm talking they're good teachers, really good teachers. In fact, uh, I uh, well, Lee Brown, the girl who works with me. Uh, claims that she had a teacher in Clifton High who changed her life, literally. Absolutely changed her entire outlook and uh, made, uh, made her see things in a, in a totally different light than she had before she had this teacher. Now, the curious thing about it, and I'll tell you how, how this is not a passing fluke. Just last spring I played out at Clifton High School and I was in a car with two or three students and we're just talking away, and one of the kids started to talk about teachers, and he mentioned that same teacher who's there, at Clifton, and he says, "Man, she's she's the total end." Didn't know that that uh, Lee had been in school there or anything. So that means that this is not just a momentary thing; it has nothing to do with generations. But if you're if you're if you're good at what you do, you're always good at what you do. Picasso's still drawing pretty good, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and and. And uh, Pablo Casal can still play a pretty good jew's harp or whatever it is he plays. You know? And uh, so, so we tend to think in in, in this country, we tend to think in things are in in a season. In other words, people tend to think that that uh, everything uh, you know, you have a, a period like uh, like two or three years. And X is a great comic for two or three years, and after that, he's not a comic anymore. This is not true if the guy's truly a great performer. Uh, if uh, you take cases of Olivier for example if you've seen Olivier in very early movies he was fine in very early movies and he's still one of the great actors probably in the world certainly in the English-speaking world and this is that's true and and uh, I have to say that because there are a lot of actors we don't see who don't never appear in our world because they don't they're not English-speaking have you ever seen really good Greek actors for example very few people have uh... who, who work in the Greek theater and some of them are fantastic uh, and uh, that's true of uh, French actors, uh, people in the, the French theater. You, you wouldn't know whether they're good or not, uh, except that you probably hear the name occasionally. But when, we, when you think of Olivier, he's a great English-speaking actor. Now, you know what I'd like to do? It just hit me tonight. I was sitting there reading this paper, and you can see that, that uh, there are certain teachers that the kids dig, and some that they just, you know, they're there, that's all. That doesn't mean they're not good teachers. It's they're just there. Whatever it is that makes a a person have that kind of a communication is hard to hard to uh, pinpoint, really. But you know what? It would be great that if we ought have one night, say, on our show, just one night, where we salute all all the hip teachers. And 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 and, and do it on the on the uh, do it. And and that not tell the teachers. See, not tell the guy. You know, I'll tell you how 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 this works. Did you see my flying television show the show about the flying? Did you see that show? Well, I did a TV show uh, my, one TV show 2 weeks ago. It was a, yes, it was a, a week ago this past Sunday. Last Sunday was the uh, Hawaiian show. Well, last uh, 2 weeks ago, uh, a week ago Sunday was my show on flying. Well, th- we we photographed uh, a lot of this uh, flying. I was flying a uh, a little American Yankee, a little little low-winged airplane out of a, an airport in Massachusetts a little tiny grass strip airport called Tumac Airport. And uh, we, we were sitting there and photographing a lot of things and nobody on the field even knew what we were doing because we have very very portable equipment color camera that doesn't look like uh, anything really but it's a mighty piece of equipment. We were sitting there with this big telephoto lens photographing people on this little tiny Sunday grass strip airport, and we photographed this guy sitting under the wing of his air coupe. He had a little, little air coupe, just an ordinary walking around uh, plumber type, see, but he owned this airplane, and it was like the whole center of his life, and he's sitting by, and he's walking around, it, getting in his car. Did you see him on the screen? Well, what happened? He didn't know we photographed him. Well, what happened was he was sitting in a bar the Sunday night, that this TV show came on, and he's sitting there, you know, knocking down a couple of beers, and the color TV sets on in a corner, and on comes my show. It's, it's, a, it's a flying show. Well, he looks up, you know, he flies an airplane. He's got this air coupe, and he looks up at the screen, and all of a sudden, somebody down at the end of the bar says, hey, Aki, you're on television! With that, the whole place flipped, you know, and here's Aki walking around Uh, by his air coupe, and everybody's yelling and hollering and knocking the beers over, and, uh, you know, the whole thing. It just... Well, Aki became an instant celebrity. And I talked to the guy at the airport here a couple of days ago, and he says, Oh, he says, well, he's impossible now. He's he's getting rid of the air coupe. He's getting himself a new turbo bonanza. And, of course, he's... uh, He's got an agent now. He's making arrangements to be on the Carson show. You know the whole bit, and he's <laughs> so uh, he didn't know it. See, the thing is, he had no idea. It was until all of a sudden there it was. It's a fantastic moment. Well, uh, just think what it would be like. See, if uh, if all every all the kids who are going to high school right now were to, were to were to send in a card, see, we'd have one night saluting these guys in these various high schools and these lady teachers, and do nothing but just read their name. A compendium, a, uh, let's put it this way, a hall of fame of uh, with it teachers. And just, just read their names and the schools they're at. And, the, of course, not tell the teacher beforehand. And the next day I can see him coming into the faculty room, seeing there's a certain coldness. And he says, uh, hello, uh, Mr. Grubbage. Mr. Grubbage is the principal, and Grubbage is <laughs> ruff, ruff. ruff. What's the matter with him? Hey, hey, uh, Harry, what's, 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 with garbage here? I mean, you know, is it, is it happening again? And with that, and Harry says, oh, don't talk to me, you showboater. So what, what, what did I do? What's going on? Of course, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so if you, uh, uh, let's put it this way. If you have a teacher, this is just an idea. If you have a teacher and, um, and you think he's, he's really with it or she's really with it, just put, his or her name on a postcard with the school and send it here, send it to me here at WOR in New York 1440 Broadway and when, I, when we get enough of them in the, the day that we decide to have this we do nothing but read those names that's all Mr. Alfred M. Gumpox gym teacher Kluberman High School and uh, <laughs> you know, he has his moment in the sun, see? and uh, it would be, be a you know kind of a, a groovy thing. As a matter of fact, I suspect that it could have repercussions. So if you if you have a teacher that you dig, uh, write it out, you know, write his name out, and make it so that I can read it, and uh, put it on a postcard and send it off here. And if it if it gets here in time. And we'll do it right, we'll go right down the line. And uh, entries will be judged for their smudginess, their non-originality, uh, their <laughs> their general cliché-ridden humor and all the rest of it. But, uh, and oh, what, incidentally, mark after the teacher what course or class he teaches or she teaches. Might be interesting to find, I think certain, cl- I uh, my, I have had a feeling for a long time that that certain teachers are popular only because of the course they teach I mean if some poor guy is is is, is saddled with uh let's say uh plane geometry or the eternal ramifications of trigonometry he's got a long row <laughs> i mean he really has because you know they just because I can remember just this deadening feeling uh, uh, because I, I i tended to to begin to Lap over my my this total distaste for a class for the poor guy that was teaching and I never realized that somehow I blamed him for it. You know, like uh, we had a guy named Mr. Harris who taught a course. Oh, what a boring course! Even now, I can I can just feel my tongue goes to sleep when I think. You know, the little prickles uh, when I think about it. I'll, I'll tell you how it works. All right, now let's let's give you let's give you a sample of how this works. Uh is there anybody listening out there who has a uh who has a favorite teacher? Just just uh, we well well here, for example, did you know in uh the Claxon paper they have a Did You Know column that Mr. Walcotton was voted into the Hackensack High School Hall of Fame? <laughs> but he's been trying to hide that for years. <laughs> I don't know what the Hackensack High School Hall of Fame involves, but I uh, mister Walcotton was made uh, was that. Uh, he made it. Mr. Santiso was a lifeguard, and he didn't know how to swim. Well, that's old Santiso. I bet they ought to examine his credentials as a teacher. Maybe they might find out something interesting too there. Once a phony, I mean, <clears throat> uh, Mr. Bongard met his wife when he was in the dentist chair. She was a nurse. And, uh, and uh, Miss Ferrati was locked in her gym locker in high school. <laughs> now that's a non-secretor. uh Miss Van Bavel was in the Junior Olympics in fencing. Of course, the obvious uh, ramification is don't get smart with that lady, you know, She cut your gizzard in half. Uh, that, so, we'll uh, here. Let's uh, let's take one of these. Uh, Jerry, is there is there is there a kid out there with a the teacher? No. Okay. <laughs> You know, uh, I'll tell you. I, I uh, when I when I remember teachers. uh you know, when you look back to, to to the to the world of your teachers. Uh, I remember one teacher in my school, who uh, was the arty type. You know the you know what the arty type lady is. Very leathery faced. I don't. She always had a tan, and uh, she had she she loved arty type kids. You know, there's always that type of. Teacher and, and Miss McCullough, she did. She loved arty type kids, and certain kids in our in, in this class, which happened to be English, certain kids in this class got a hip to that very quickly. And so I knew one kid who was a total chowderhead. And in fact, Jack Morton, uh, he was a fake all the way, but he had a fantastic profile. <laughs> he was an elegant looking kid, but the Jack Morton was was truly what I would call crafty. Have you ever met a crafty person that's not quite the same as shrewd crafty is even sneakier than shrewd well well Morton one day we're sitting over in in uh, the red rooster saying Morton. Morton used to have terrible time in school uh, just tell him the hold on a minute Morton used to have a terrible time in school, so Morton is sitting there in because uh, because he just, he was he was a dilettante. Morton was born to have a monocle you know who Morton was Morton reedy really was a was a, Morton was a high school George Plimpton, you know, kind of an elegant type, and, and uh, he, uh, his schoolwork just interfered with his life, which was uh, which was very rich and full. He had he had a fantastic collection of cashmere s- sweaters, and he used to wear his uh, his chinos with such an elegance. And uh, he had this uh, he had this Ford which he had painted and it cut down. He was a very elegant kid, and uh, he came from a family that could afford this elegance. He later went to a excellent Eastern prep school and all that. So, so Morton is sitting in, in, in the class there and having a tough time. He, and and we, we went over to, to uh, the Red Rooster one day and we're sitting in the Red Rooster having our hot, uh, hot, uh, hot roast beef sandwiches and knocking down our coke, which he had lunch over there all the time. There were, there were certain kids who always... You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to give you a confession here. Have you noticed that I never talk about the school cafeteria? I have never mentioned the high school cafeteria. We had a cafeteria in high school. And I never have mentioned that in any of my shows. That's because I never once, in all the four years I went to high school, ate in the school cafeteria. That all of us kids, there were a certain group of kids who always ate out. We would go down the street to the Red Rooster. We would go down to Jack's, joint down there where they had these cheeseburgers. We'd go down to the Igloo. And little realizing, I was I was already committing myself to the life of an outsider, you know. <laughs> All the rest of the kids, about 5,000 kids, are sitting in the cafeteria. And I never once, not once, it's amazing when I think about it now, not one time did I eat in the cafeteria. Well, we're sitting at the Red Rooster one day, and Morton, of course, has got his elegant cashmere sweaters on and his, his uh, elegant... Th- he used to get... His, his, his jeans and his chinos were... Uh, he, he never had a pair of jeans or a pair of chinos that had anything. They were all beautifully faded. everything was just right and every the clothes hung great on Morton. He just you know that kind of guy oh you know he' he's just on top of it so he's Morton is sitting there and he said uh So what are you worrying about English for?" Schwartz was worrying about English. Schwartz was a born mole if you can if when you think of people in in connection with animals uh I've always uh, I've always known, of course, uh, what kind of an animal I am, and, and uh, I suspect that you know what kind you are. But but each every person I knew had a certain parallel in animals. Schwartz was a mole. Schwartz Schwartz was a mole. He was underground. He he also a beaver. He worked hard, and uh, so when an assignment was given, Schwartz, even though it was incomprehensible to him, would sit there for weeks and try to figure it out and work away and sweat. Well, the crafty type doesn't do that. I mean, uh, Jack Jack Morton was the he was the elegant. Uh, uh, what kind of an animal was he? Well, he was a combination of a bird of paradise, uh, a, a, a a peacock, which, by the way, is the male of the species. Uh, he also moved a little bit like a cougar he had he had uh, he was a mover because he later went on by the way to become a very famous fighter pilot and all that He did it all you know at the age of nineteen he's a major uh, five hundred uh, battle citations Oh, fantastic uh, mustache he smoked these elegant meerschaum pipes so Morton is sitting there in the red rooster and he says, "What are you worried about english?" For? What do you mean? What am I worried about? I I, I I can't I can't understand all this stuff about what what is what is all this this? What, what do you understand anything about Julius Caesar? What the, you know, we're reading the Shakespeare and all of stuff. So oh, that's not what to worry. The, it, it doesn't matter whether you learn anything about Shakespeare. It's ridiculous material that we're given to read. The thing to do is to learn about Miss McCullough. Schwartz says, what, huh? He says, says, "Uh, there's no ways to handle her. And so a couple of days later, Morton, biding his time, and the class is moiling around, everybody's raising their hands, people are getting up and reading stuff like uh, Lady of the Lake and that kind of jazz. Morton's saying nothing, and suddenly he raises his hand. He says, "Uh, Miss, uh, Miss McCullough. She says, yes, Jack. So Jack had not yet made his, his mark in his class. He was an unknown factor. This is the moment, though, of mark-making. This is, uh, Miss McCullough. Uh, I'd like to ask your opinion of Ambrose Beers. I have my opinion, but I'd like to ask yours. Wait, wasn't a kid in the class ever heard of Ambrose Beers? Not one kid in the class! We just sat there stunned. Here we were sitting here talking about Sir Walter Scott's Lady in the Lake, and he said, I'd like to ask your opinion of... Ambrose Beers. I have mine. I'm just curious what yours is. Miss McCullough lit up like an elderly Christmas tree. If you have ever seen a lady in her dotage in an ecstatic fit, you know then what Miss McCullough. She just glowed. She said, well, It's very interesting. I'm really delighted you ask about Ambrose. But, class, do any of you know who Mister Beers was? Silence. Jack's just sitting there stroking his elegant chin. He well, for the benefit of those of you who don't know, Ambrose Beas was quite probably the leading American satirist of the late 19th century. A man who created an entire world of satire. As a matter of fact, his devil's dictionary still remains a minor classic in its field. When I wrote my doctorate thesis on Ambrose Beers, I will never... And he's sitting back there quietly stroking his chin. He already, he hit her right in her belly button. You know that, don't you? Where he found out that she wrote her doctoral thesis on Ambrose Beers, I'll never know. But from that minute on, there's just no way Jack Morton could do wrong in his class. No way. No way. In fact, uh, Morton took to not even showing up. From time to time, we'd meet him at the Red Rooster during, you know, immediately following English class. We'd meet him at the Red Rooster, and he's already on his third or fourth coke. He'd say, how was class today? And I remember Schwartz saying, oh, you. One of the rare times I heard Schwartz ever swear. And uh, Morton says, hey, you see, this is a matter of knowing people. You know, right from the start there, guys, I don't have to tell you what this guy is now, today. I mean, don't don't think, don't think for a minute that he was a failure in later life. He was not. He went on to have bigger and better things, and today, why, imp- well, Miss McCullough wouldn't even be able to get an appointment with him if she showed up at his elegant office with a carpet that was six feet deep. Remember the way he said that? It was just a certain way. Uh, Miss McCullough... Would you, would you please give me your your opinion of Ambrose Beers? I have mine, but I, I'm just curious what you think of Ambrose Beers. And the old lady stood there for a second, hairpins dropped out of her bun on the back. I mean, just because of pure electronic magnetism. And it was all the way down the skids for old Jack Morton from that minute on. There was no problems. Now, uh, <laughs> if you have a teacher, believe me, get get your get your card in quick, because uh, let's let's let a deadline. let we'll put in a deadline here. Let's say uh, two weeks from tonight. How about that, huh? Okay, two weeks from tonight. You better have your your card in there, and we'll give Mr. Ding Dong his just desserts. I mean, he's been laboring long and hard in the Scholastic Vineyards, and uh, it's time now. He got the, you know, the, the the bell rang. Bring it up there large, there, please. Yes, Ambrose Beers. Is there anybody out there who uh, can tell me about Ambrose Beers? <laughs> All right, play it up there big. above the...